My name is Trip Borman, and in this episode of SME VC, I sat down with Himana Pardo, partner at AllVP. Prior to joining AllVP, she was the co-founder and CEO of Carrot Car Sharing, which actually was AllVP's first investment. Himana was also previously a product growth manager at Facebook, where she led local landings for different Facebook products in different Latin American markets. In this episode of SME VC, we discussed Himana's experience shifting from being a founder to being an investor, her experience co-founding and successfully exiting Carrot Car Sharing, how Facebook tailored their products for different landings in different Latin American countries, and why Mexico's domestic tech talent is excellent. We discuss all this and more in this episode of Sumia VC. Okay, Kimena, could you start by telling the audience a bit more about your work history up to and including your current role at AllVP? Of course. Well, I'm actually studied engineering and I've, I've been working on tech for more than 15 years. I know I may look younger, but um, I think the most interesting part is that 10 years ago, I co-founded a car sharing um, company called Carrot um, to, to actually try to solve the mobility problem of the greatest cities in LATAM. Um, so I co-founded this amazing company and I ran it in Mexico City. And actually, the, 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 we were the first investment of AllVP. So basically, I've been working with AllVP for a decade now. And when I was in Carrot, I also became an Endeavor entrepreneur. Uh, so I've been working with them very closely too. I've been mentoring them. I, I am part of very active part of the, their network. Um, and then after Carrot, I joined Facebook or well now Meta. Uh, and I was leading product growth for Spanish speaking Latam in Mexico. And it was it was a very enriching experience um, to work in a big tech company and probably uh, the best product school in the world. Um, and working with this amazing product teams, um, just giving all the innovation and, and connecting the world together. Um, I was able to participate in some, some launchings in, in, in LATAM, in Colombia, in Peru, um, some of them in Argentina too. Um, nevertheless, I, I started seeing what was happening in the entrepreneurial ecosystem and, and I was here to come back. I actually got a little bit of FOMO of what was happening. Um, so that's when I took the decision to come back home and I came back to, to AllVP, of course, uh, which was my entrepreneurial house since I, since I was a founder. Um, and that's it. So earlier this year, I, 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 I joined AllVP and now I'm their third party of two amazing people, Federico and Antonia. And we're ready to, 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 to start um, deploying our fund four. So I'm very, very excited. I think the times are thrilling to do so. I love that. And I love your connection with AllVP going back a decade. I'd be interested to know what makes AllVP different and what sets them apart. Well, of course. And I think the legit part of this answer is that I can, ask, I, I can answer it as a founder, not only as, as, as a partner of the firm, um, we are very, very hands-on and we're very um, founder-friendly. And I think that is the upside of AllVP. So wherever you are in LATAM, 
if you want your company to scale, the, 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 the country that you should win, the next market you should win, it's Mexico. And we are the greatest partner to win Mexico. And that is our value proposition. Um, if, if if you see the three founders, we, we we the three of us come from different nationalities. We come from different ages, different networks. So that's how we can actually help you. We know a lot of people. We we know how to speak Mexican. We know the regulations. We know how to market the Mexican market. So um, I think that is the the the, the foremost value proposition. Additionally, from a very technical stuff about OVPB is that we invest in very early stage, from pre-seed to, to Series A. Um, we, we look for, for extraordinary founders trying to solve the region's greatest problems. So, so we, we, we like inspired people and people who actually inspired us and, and motivate us to, to do our, our, our work. We invest in FinTech, in Future of Commerce, in smart cities, in human capital, and, and that way we, we 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 can we can help them uh, win. What a great answer! And I want to get more into your time as a VC right now, but I want to talk a little bit more about your your experience before becoming a VC because it's very extensive. Um, pertaining to your time at Facebook, how did Facebook tailor their products for the specific local landings that you were a part of all across Latin America? Well, trip. That answer could take two days to answer. <laughs> so, um, Facebook as a big tech, and of course, all the liabilities and the responsibility that comes to that, it's very, very um, delicate on 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 rolling up and rolling out products. Um, so, the, the the part is they create amazing teams that are led by amazing product managers, engineering managers, content uh, strategists. Um, there's a whole group called internationalization that oversees that the products are actually with the right nuances for each market. Um, within it, there's local insights team, there's research team, there's legal team. I mean, all the liabilities. And probably for, for your audience, <laughs> That will be hard to tackle if you are launching a startup. So I think the most valuable answer to this question would be like, what, what did I learn from Facebook that will, will actually work for the startups that your audience is probably uh, launching? And, and I think that the most important thing is to actually launch it and launch it as app. There's a Volter saying that it says that done is better than perfect. And that is true. The greatest, I think, advantage that you can have against these big techs also is to, to, to actually just the speed of launching and just the, the, the ship, just ship it. And then the second thing is, of course, measure it. Uh, and once you start uh, measuring things, then you can start testing. And I, when, I, when I say testing, it's not only uh, A-B testing and try to growth test it, et cetera. But I mean, test it to, 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 to know and actually to, to validate that it's, it's fitable for the market. This is one of the greatest mistakes I, I see that entrepreneurs do and also big techs do. Like 
actually Facebook does this problem, is that we sometimes create our products for uh, for us, the tech people and the tech scene. And probably we have like this iPhone 12, 13 and these um, Samsung top-notch phones. So when I mean tested is that you have to go on the ground and know that probably in LATAM, like the 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 the, the average person has this five-year-old mobile phone and the network conditions are not the ones in Palo Alto. So you you have to struggle with that and test it and make sure your 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 product actually um, uh, works. And and the fourth thing uh, that I would recommend you to do when you launch your product is it's something I learned from a guy that interviewed me from Apple. And he said, uh, and you know, Apple is probably the one of the most uh, quality uh, uh, companies in the whole world. And he says, he told me that the only arrogance that an entrepreneur must have should be product arrogance. And if you don't have that product arrogance, it means you have to go back and build it. You have to be sure that your product is the best product and the best quality product. And it's it's just, it, it makes you proud. I love that. So I hope what that a- answered the, the question. I'm sorry, Trip, I, I deviated. No, <laughs> not be sorry at all. And, and that experience is, is, is as you're, you're exactly right, very relevant for the founders that are, that are listening right now. Um, and I want to talk about your experience as a founder, as a successful founder, if I may add. Uh, could you tell the audience more about your time founding carrot car sharing and that kind of whole arc all the way to uh, uh, leaving. Of course. Um, wow. So it, it was 10 years ago and it seems for the Latin region that it was ages ago. It was like prehistoric entrepreneur ecosystem. <laughs> so when we launched Carrot, I think uh, I had my co-founder, Diego, and I think Diego and I were very young, very naive, very unexperienced, and maybe a little bit crazy because we thought that we could uh, uh, launch this car sharing with 25 and 26 years old. We were very, very young. Uh, and, and, and I think what I like the most is that when we launched, there were probably three VCs in the region, or maybe five, but only three with them with money. <laughs> Um, so it was, for example, fundraising was super hard for us. It was difficult and there was no angel investing, like all, all the, the, the wealthy individuals, they were like more private equity guys and they would rather just go out in the public stock market that actually invest in, in, in innovation specifically for LATAM. Um, we had a couple of examples in the region like Mercado Libre, which was 99. Uh, uh, so it was like way before. And we did not have like any 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 right entrepreneurs, like not, not big examples for so people would follow. The other thing that was very hard was the infrastructure. I remember having a lot of tech problems because we needed an SMS message to get into the cars to actually open. And, and, and the, the network condition wasn't ready yet. So we had to struggle a lot. We had to help our users manually open the cars. It was hard. And the worst thing was payments. 
there were no payment solutions. So we had to, to, to connect directly to the banks. And of course, every, every two weeks, the banks will think that we were too risky and they will disconnect us. And of course, we didn't have the volume to, to, to actually get some notice. So it was just hard to getting paid by the clients. So it was where I'm going is, is that it was a very difficult atmosphere to, to, to actually launch and to be an entrepreneur. And, and nevertheless, um, and I'm, I'm not saying this about me, but uh, uh, from the generations of founders from, from my vintage, uh, many of them, um, they were so relentless and, and they were so disciplined and persistent that we have the greatest examples that we do today and that actually help grow this ecosystem. Um, so it, 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 it was an amazing journey, Carrot. I, I operated it for six years. It was a roller coaster. There were highs, there were lows. Um, at the end of it, um, my partners and I, we decided to, to sell the company to a fleet manager. And I think it was, a, it, it was the best way to go. And so having all that experience helps me uh, understand the, 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 the entrepreneurs that I, I now receive. And, and, and it makes me not only more to have more empathy about them, but more respect from the other side of the table. And, and that's the, the experience where I, that I appreciate the most, like just to, to be more understandable of, of what the entrepreneur is going on. What a great answer. And, and you talked in that answer about um, maybe there weren't as many role models to follow as some of the founders right now have. But then you mentioned on a podcast recently about how some of those role models and some of the people paving the way were in Brazil. And you said that was Brazil was a, a few steps ahead of Mexico, and that was referring to 10 years ago. So how has the validity behind that statement changed over the past 10 years? And, and where is Brazil leading now? Where is Mexico leading now? And, and where is that, um, I wouldn't say competition, but comparison? Uh, where can that be made now? Of course. This is such an interesting uh, uh, question because it's also my perspective. I don't have like the real data to back it up. Well, I guess I could find it since uh, what happened with Brazil is that uh, they had, uh, Brazil has always been another monster in Latin America. I mean, uh, they speak another language. Um, there are ma more isolated from that. And it's a huge monster. It's en enormous. It's beautiful. I love it. Um, and what they did is that they had a, a, a wider uh, ecosystem of developers and engineers and, and in tech. And I think at the beginning, that's, that, that speed, uh, that sped uh, uh, Brazil and, and made it grow faster. So uh, Monashis, for example, is a VC that, uh, I don't know, it must be in their fund number 10. So they've been investing like for a while in a region. And, and that's why it developed faster than the rest of LATAM. And, and I think now what I see in the rest of LATAM is that Mexico is now keeping up to, to, to Brazil. Of course, it's an advantage, our closeness to the, to the US. So from San Francisco to Mexico City, there are probably, I don't know, five, six flights, daily flights. So, and you're just four hours away and a two hour difference. So basically it's during the same time zone that makes it easier. And then I see some, some nuances in the region. For example, now that you are in Buenos Aires, 
Um, Argentina is also a, 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 an ecosystem that developed faster. Um, they had Mercado Libre and, and, and other good examples that basically those examples create talent and that makes you speed up. Um, I see now that, for example, in, in, in Argentina, there's a lot of crypto. And of course, that's a response of the economical context of Argentina, right? Of, of the volatility of the Argentinian peso. So I think that among the region also, like the different context has helped them develop and grow grow faster and keep up. And now um, starting, we're starting to see to see different hubs. Um, I, I I think I'm I'm gonna go to your next question. <laughs> Fair, there we go. Um, you mentioned Mexico City as like a geographical tech city close to the United States with connectivity to San Francisco in a way that you know there's no direct flights to to Sao Paulo from San Francisco. What are your thoughts on Mexico Mexico City as a tech city uh, in 2022? And that question is deliberately broad to uh, to prod at the the parts that you find most most interesting and, and most relevant. Of course, and and I love this question because I think today Mexico City tech scene um, leads the la the Latam tech scene. It's amazing what's been going on in Mexico. Uh, have you been here lately? I I, I went pre COVID. Yes. Amazing, amazing. And what COVID, COVID has made to the city is also amazing because it, it, a lot of people from the U.S. and Europe came to live. To Mexico, since since we were not very, um, our COVID policies were not as strong as as global. A lot of people moved here, and that also sped the, the 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 way that the city has developed. But let me let me tell you like very systematically what I think that happens in Mexico, and it it relates on my time to Carrot from Carrot. So remember what I told you all the struggles I've been I had when I when I went to, to when I launched Carrot well now what I see in Mexico City Mexico City has free Wi-Fi in the streets and it's a strong Wi-Fi I not even Palo Alto has free Wi-Fi right um now like the payment things you don't you have maybe like 15 to 20 solutions you could actually use um, now the network conditions is uh, are way better. Um, the the government is also pushing for innovation. So, like um, the infrastructure has developed to make Mexico a super tech power. And then you have talent on the second hand. And now we have companies like Kabak and Bitso and Cornershop, which grew very fast in Mexico that left a lot of uh, alumni and, and those alumni want to become entrepreneurs themselves. So you have the infrastructure, you have the talent, and you have uh, the door to the whole region that, that has so many needs, that needs so many solutions. So when you, when you correlate those three things, you get a super powerful region and a super powerful, uh, powerful hub tech hub that is Mexico City today. Um, so I invite every everyone in your audience to come here and to actually live it from, the, from themselves. Just walk around La Condesa and, and you'll see the texting. You'll see the coffee shops full with entrepreneurs, full with their laptops, and you see like how, how the city is vibrating. I love that. I'll second that. I think everyone should go. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to going soon again. 
Um, you have blockchain in your LinkedIn bio. You mentioned about one of the use cases with Argentina and like the response to poor fiscal policy. And that's why people are turning to things like blockchain. I have to ask, what are your thoughts on blockchain in late 2022? And what use case are you most interested in? Of course. Uh, uh, no, I'm, I, I, I know the, the ecosystem for blockchains has, has changed and the perception for many people has changed. I'm still bullish about the technology, uh, but for, for tactical and useful cases, uh, I see that blockchain, if you think about it, like it could come so many ways, even in, a, in an election like Brazil that just had an election, like blockchain could help you completely um, discard fraud in an election once you apply the technology to electoral elections, for example. And there are so many use cases like um, uh, contracts and identity and transparency, etc. that I'm super bullish we will find it. Of course, I do like the creative part of blockchain and, and, and I understand the, the economy of scarcity, etc. But I'm more, more, more bullish in the blockchain solution, tactical, useful side of it. And I, I am... I am eager to see uh, the next generation of founders bring a lot of solutions within it. I think I agree with that answer. I think that's, a, that's an excellently worded answer. Um, I, I have to ask, going back to a little bit more about your background, could you tell us more about your time with Endeavor? Yes, of course. Um, for me, joining Endeavor was super, super important in my, in, in my startup. Since Diego and I were very, very young, very naive and... and unexperienced um, being able to join this global network of top leaders in the world helped us enormously um, I remember specifically what we did is once we became Endeavor like just just the process to to become Endeavor it helps it gives you a lot of a structure it gives you a lot of discipline etc and once we joined, what we did is that we had, of course, our, our board, um, our official board, and then we made a, an, an advisor board where we have top people from top uh, uh, companies in Mexico. We had people from Bain, we, have, we had people from Google, we had people from like really, really uh, 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 big companies. And what th that advisory board helped us was just giving us advice um, just amazing people giving away free time to help innovation grow in their country. So it's, it's amazing. And then like, uh, depending on the stage and the, uh, and the growth of your company, it depends how, how much you need Endeavor, how close you are to it. And that is completely normal. Um, I remember every time I had a struggle, Endeavor was there for me. So that is a peace of mind. And, and after my time in Carrot, uh, uh, my, my time in Endeavor switched from, of course, from, from entrepreneur to mentor. And it's amazing the, the multiplier effect that they have. Uh, uh, it, it, it allows us, the entrepreneurs, to, to pay it forward to other entrepreneurs coming. And I think that whole philosophy is amazing and so important for developing regions such as ours. Um, and lastly, like now I have a new role in Endeavor now that I'm an investor. And, and I think uh, that, that is the way to go, like the full loop in Endeavor. And, and I would love to, to keep 
continuing to co co collaborate through that network and to see the region truly bloom. You mentioned in some of your previous answers, some of the juxtapositions between the US and Mexico. You mentioned the Wi-Fi in Palo Alto, and you mentioned the types of phones people would be using. Um, what would you tell American VCs who are investing in Mexican startups? So we are here. <laughs> so yes, I think that, that, that is a super interesting question. Um, I think last year we saw that uh, uh, a lot of people were setting an eye in, in LATAM. And I see LATAM as a green land. Um, I, see, I see the infrastructure is ready. The talent is ready. The needs are there. And I think it will be very important for, for global VCs to, to understand that um, uh, there's so much room to, to grow in, 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 in LATAM. What I would recommend them, and I will highly recommend this, is that um, whenever they invest and co-invest in, in the region, they need to co-invest with a, with a fund like RBP, with a local fund. Uh, therefore, we can help them also uh, understand the, the, the big regulations that are in, in the region, the nuances. We can help them leverage our network. We can help them um, understand how, how the, the cultural behaviors in each of our countries. Um, so I will tell them, welcome, but join us. Like uh, it, it will be very um, underrated to think that global funds could come and just win Latin by themselves. So we have the talent, we have the infrastructure, we have the needs, and we have the correct and right partners to do so. There we go. I have two more questions before we end today. First, and this is very broad and very intentionally broad. What are you most excited about right now? Wow, 2023. <laughs> no, um, I'm super excited that we, we're just launching our new fund. And what I'm seeing is that um, after all the markets corrections and of course the downturn the, 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 the downturn in, in public and private markets, etc. I I see a lot of um reality, but a lot of talent going on. So I see a lot of ambitious people with, with but with feet on their grounds um that are launching amazing projects. And 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 that just excites me. It excites me greatly. I see people trying to, to to find solutions for big big problems. So I see big markets in Latam. Um, I see a lot of needs. That that is that is the cool thing. That's what the 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 American VCs must must see. Um, if I had to choose something specifically. Uh, that I'm mostly excited is about Brazil, since in, in this fund we're intentionally looking to go to Brazil, not to win Brazil per se, but to win with the companies that want to, to scale to Mexico. So if you are a Brazilian entrepreneur listening to this, like just shoot me an email, I would love to meet you and, 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 and understand the ecosystem there. 
and I'm so eager to 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 go to Sao Paulo and Rio, etc., and and set a foot on it because I see a lot of talent there. I had a great time in Sao Paulo and Rio in mid October, and I, I would I would second. Maybe you pick your your Mexico City trip first, and then after that, you uh, to the people listening, they go out to Brazil. Um, so finally, I have to ask Peter Thiel's famous contrarian question, but with a uniquely Samia VC twist. What important truth about Mexico or Latin America do very few people agree with you on? Yes, uh, this this question is so tough. By the way, um, no, I. I don't think that people don't agree with me, but this is something that most people don't know and they don't believe. But I do believe that there is so much talent in Mexico. And I don't believe that Mexicans know this yet. It's like the best well-kept secret. <laughs> and, and, and we need to, to, to just boom it and explode it and and we need to start believing it um, and that's it there we go Jimena, thank you so much for taking the time to come on this to me vc podcast today this is amazing trip thank you for watching this episode of Samia vc my name is trip gorman don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you view the podcast and don't forget to check out our newsletter dealflow la which can be found by going to dealflow.la